What is going on, squad? My name is Brian Mark. I'm the host of the number one podcast for online fitness coaches who are trying to grow a successful online business without spending any money on ads, a website, or a funnel. I built my fitness business to over $50,000 a month over the course of four years. And in the last two and a half years, I've worked with over a thousand online coaches and a hundred of them have hit $10,000 a month. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What is going on, online fitness coaches? Welcome to another episode of the Change Lives Make Money Online Training Podcast. This is the number one show for online fitness coaches who are trying to grow a successful online business. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the three-step process to handling a client refund, aka when a client messages you and says, yo, I want a refund. What the fuck do we do? How do we handle that situation? Nobody likes being in that situation, so we're going to talk about how to handle it today. All right? Now, we've all had a client ask for a refund, and it sucks. And when a client asks for a refund, what ends up happening on our end is we we wonder if... Like, it's us, right? Like, are we a bad coach? Did we do something wrong? Did we do something that could have prevented this problem from happening? And I think as a client asks for a refund, we actually start questioning our own worth. We're like, am I like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my system? Is there something wrong with my process? And I think that oftentimes what we will do when a client asks for a refund is we will value one person's opinion over the opinions of dozens of our clients. How many of you guys have ever done that? When like a client asks for a refund, then all of a sudden you like look at your own process and your own business and you might have 20 happy clients, but you, because you have one client that asks for a refund, you're like, man, like, like this person asks for a refund. Like I must be a bad coach. And then you just overthink that one person who's asking for a refund instead of focusing on the 20 people that actually want to be in your program. How many of you guys have ever, have ever experienced that? And so in today's episode, I want to talk to you guys about how to handle refunds. I want to talk to you guys in about how to handle refunds in like a polite way that respects your boundaries. I want to talk to you guys about how to handle refunds in a way that has the smallest percentage chance of pissing the client off and getting a bad review in a way that actually prevents refunds from happening in the first place instead of waiting for them to happen and then trying to douse out the fire. All right. So as an online coach, you guys, so I'm as a business coach for online fitness coaches, when I was an online coach back when I ran Aesthetic Nation and I was just fitness coaching, I actually never had a great agreements, right? I never had agreements because my like philosophy and my theory, and this was by the way, very fucking naive. My philosophy and my theory was like, oh man, if they want to leave, I'm going to let them leave. I was like very naive. And I think that when I first started business, like I'm the type of person that like, I really do like to see the best in people, but I've had some people like fuck me over since I've been in business for eight years, for lack of a better term. And like, after dealing with like negative situation after negative situation and having people screw me over, I'm like, okay, like I'm going to have agreements in place because like, this is the service that I'm providing. This is the expected rate for the service. And this is the agreement that you are signing as my client. And straight up, you guys, I'm going to be transparent. There was um, a client of mine that came into my program. This was before I had agreements and ended up joining my program for eight weeks, made like $10,000 and uh, and then just backed out on their payments. And I didn't have an agreement in place. And I was like, hey, man, like you made a bunch of money in the program and like what's going on. And like I was the nice guy. And they're like, yeah, I just don't want to pay anymore. I'm like, oh, you're just not getting the value. They're like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm not getting the value from the program anymore. But it's like, then I was like, but you were making $0 and now you're making 10,000. I'm like, but you know, I'm just like, you know, I learned a lot from the foundations and, and I feel like I don't really tap into the program anymore. I'm like, yeah, but the foundations are like, that's the foundations that I taught you. And like, you wouldn't be making money without. So like, I feel like at first I was very naive in the way that like I handled business. And over the course of the last two and a half years, I've learned that like, honestly, as, and this is like a fucking lesson that I want you guys to learn from me is do not 
like nice guys finish last straight up, especially in fucking business. Like nice guys finish last, especially in fucking business. And so nice guys and nice girls. So if you're like the quote unquote nice person, that's like, oh, like people will just pay their agreements when, you know, they're supposed to pay and, you know, people will not back out. Like that's not true. You should like as shitty as it is, like, and when you're in business, you deal with humans and human beings are finicky creatures and sometimes impulsive. And somebody can say yes to something and be super excited about a 12 week commitment. And then they can back out last minute because they didn't feel like going to the gym. And because they didn't feel like going to the gym, they feel like they no longer have to pay you, which is the same fucking logic as somebody being like, oh, I signed a 12 month lease, but I'm going on vacation for a month. So I don't want to pay my rent for a month. It's like, it doesn't fucking work like that. Like if I have a car lease and I like lease a car from the dealership, if I don't use the car for a month, I still have to pay the fucking agreement, right? Like I still have to pay the fucking lease and your coaching business is the exact same thing. I have a different approach now to how I run my business because I value two things. And I think you guys need to value two things as well, right? First thing that I value is I value my time and fucking energy. And so I value the time and energy that I spent creating the program that I've created, right? I value the time and energy that I fucking spent helping this fitness client change their life. I value the time and energy that I spend chasing the fitness client down and asking them where their checking is. I value the time and energy that I spend designing the training and nutrition program. Like I value that shit a lot. And so I value my time and energy. And so if somebody is in my program and they have invested and for me to be their coach and I'm now concerned about their well-being. And so I'm checking in with them. I'm seeing if they're doing the workouts, even if they're not doing their fucking workouts and I'm checking in with them to see if they're doing their workouts. I value that time that I spend chasing them down. I fucking value it. So that's number one. Number two, the second thing that I value is I value my intellectual property. Like the amount of time in it, like the program that I create is a 12 week training and nutrition program designed by me who's been working out for 10 years and who has also taken certification courses, who has also continually investing in knowledge, who has also gone through like years and years of trial and error of like different things that did and didn't work. And is like that intellectual property is like is in that fucking program that I designed for that client. And I value that. And so I'm not just going to like let somebody come into the program without signing an agreement because like, number one, I value my time and energy. So if I'm going to take you on as a fucking client, I'm going to commit my time and energy to you. And I value that. And I expect you to commit the same time and energy to me. And if you can't do that, then I don't want you as a client. So that's number one. And number two is I value my intellectual property. And so if you're coming into my program and you're going to use the data that I've created to build your business, now it's build your business. If you're going to use the data that I've created to build your business, like I value that data because that data has helped me help 160 clients get to $10,000 a month. That data has helped me grow my business to the level that it is. I'm going to give you access to that information and that value. And so I fucking value that. And you guys need to have that same sort of value on the programs you're creating for your clients. Everybody write that fucking down. Value my time and energy and value my intellectual property, period. That's it. Value my time and energy and value my intellectual property, period. Now, before we talk about how to handle refunds, we should talk about how to prevent refunds from happening in the first place, right? Because like, obviously the goal, like this podcast is titled the three-step process to handle refunds. But at the end of the day, if we can prevent refunds from happening in the first place, that's fucking optimal. So we're going to talk to you guys about the three-step process. But before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about how to prevent them from happening in the first place. So how to prevent refunds from happening in the first place. So the best way for you guys to prevent refunds from happening in the first place, you guys should write this down, is you need to set expectations out of the gate. You need to set expectations out of the gate. And the way that you set expectations out of the gate is you make them sign an agreement the second they enroll in your program. It's kind of like when you guys go to a gym, right? You guys go to a gym and you enroll in the gym. What happens is after you pay for the first month, they pull the paperwork and they and then you sign the agreement. That's the same fucking thing that you guys are going to do with your online coaching business. And listen, if you want to grow a business where it's like it grows and it like in reputation and legacy and value, then you need to set it up. You need to treat your business not like a hobby. You need to treat your business like a business. And in business, if you want to get a car payment, you can't just 
walk into the fucking, if you want to get a car, you can't just walk into the dealership and be like, hey, I promise I'll pay on the 30th of every month. It's like, no, like you're going to pay on the 30th of every month. And like, we're going to have your sign agreement with that. And if you don't make your payments, like we're going to fucking come after you and you got to have a card on file, right? Like you got to treat your business like a business. And so here's an example of a 12 week coaching agreement. And if you're in the 10K Coaching Academy, you get access to this inside of the members area, but I'm just going to read you the agreement. Now, I want you guys to like, if you're not in the 10K Academy, I'll give you guys a little bit of like a summary. If you're in the 10K Academy, use the agreement that's in the course. But what your agreement needs to have is your agreement needs to have a set terms and you need to have like responsibilities of you and responsibility of the client. And so the set terms of the agreement for me is this is a 12-week coaching agreement between the client and the coach for $1,000 for 12 weeks of coaching. So this is a 12-week agreement for $1,000 between the client and the coach. So like set terms and set dates. So as an example of you were going to say is a minimum 12-week commitment at $350 a month and continues on a month-to-month basis after that. That would be an example of like set terms. So you need to have that at the top of the agreement. So it's set terms. And then you need to have your responsibilities as the coach and their responsibilities as a client. And so some examples is your responsibilities as a client are to follow the coach's direction to the best of your ability, complete check-ins on time with all necessary information, have open communication with your coach if you're struggling or if something isn't working, and engage in the private Facebook community. So turn your notifications on. Our responsibilities as coaches are to hold you accountable to the program and the goals that we designed for you and ask answer all of your questions Monday to Friday within 24 hours. So we clearly define what their responsibilities are and then we clearly define what responsibilities are in an agreement. And then you can add some terms in there that you would find valuable. So some examples of the terms that I put in my agreements are, I understand that there are no refunds or any exchanges for any programs. I understand that this is a 12-week commitment and that all payments must be paid out, even if I choose not to put in the work. I understand that I cannot put my program on hold if I am sick. I understand that my images may be used for marketing purposes. I agree to participate in the private Facebook community. I will do everything in my power to help you succeed. We ask that you do the same for us. Thank you for putting your trust in, quote unquote, my company. We are excited to help you reach your goals. And then you sign it and then you get them to sign it. Now, the way that you get them to sign it is if you're an online coach, you can use an app. I like to use HelloSign. I think it's like 15 to $30 a month. Or there's also an app called DocuSign where you can actually upload the document to it and get them to sign it. And so you can either use HelloSign or DocuSign. Those are two examples of uh, signing uh, platforms that you guys can use for your coaching business. Now, that's an agreement that you guys can have in place in order to prevent refunds from happening in the first place. Because then when a client asks for refunds, you just refer to your fucking agreement. Like, hey, I totally understand. But like, you know, there are no refunds on any purchases, period. Just wanted to take a quick minute to say, I want to change your life. If you're listening to this podcast, then you know that I have what it takes to help you grow a successful online coaching business. So go to my Instagram at the real Brian Mark and DM me the words more clients. I'll reach out to you and we'll talk about what your biggest struggle is. We'll talk about what your goals are for your online coaching business. And I'll give you some guidance and a game plan for what to do next. Again, go to my Instagram at the real Brian Mark and DM me the words more clients and I'll reach out to you to see if I can help. Now let's get back to today's episode. Now, even with an agreement in place, you guys, so like having an agreement in place will significantly decrease the amount of refunds you get, period. No questions asked. Like if you have an agreement in place, there's going to be a lot less people that will ever ask because they will know that they signed an agreement. Okay. However, you still will get people that will ask for refunds, even with, with an agreement. And if you don't have an agreement in place, you're going to get a lot more people ask for refunds. So I suggest you like take the info in this podcast and get an agreement. So now let's talk about when a client asks for a refund in your coaching practice. And nobody likes this experience, but it happens to all of us. And so whether or not we like it, we still need to understand what to do when it happens. So this is the three-part assessment, three-part assessment, the three-step process to handling refunds. Number one, when a client asks for a refund, the first question you need to ask yourself is, 
did I do my part as a coach? Write that down. Part number one is you need to ask yourself the question, did I do my part as a coach? And when I say do your part, here's what I mean. Did you miss any check-ins? Like, let's say your check-ins are scheduled for Friday, like to get back to fucking your clients on Friday and you didn't get back till Sunday. Well, you didn't do your fucking job. Did you miss any program adjustments? So you were supposed to update their program and you didn't for a week and they didn't have any fucking workouts. Did you say that you were gonna do a Q&A at 6 p.m. PST and then you missed your Q&A? So did you ditch a coaching call? Did you do anything in your power did you do anything where you lapsed on your integrity as a coach? If you did and they ask for a refund, fucking give it. You fucked up straight up. Most often, like I would say like 90% of times this isn't the case, but if you're an online fitness coach and you lapsed on your responsibilities as an online fitness coach and your client asks for a refund because you didn't do your job properly, well, they're in with, they're within their means to do so because you didn't do your job. And so if you didn't do your job as a coach and client asks for refunds, you owe it to them. Like you didn't do your fucking job. You said you were going to do something and you didn't. And so th- at that point, I would honor it. Now, if you didn't, if you did not do your job, offer refund. If you did do your job as a coach, so now we're going to say like you did do your job as a coach. You you know you checked in on time. You updated the programs. You updated the meal plans. You were like you were trying to keep them on track. So you did do your job as a coach. Now you're not going to offer a refund. You're going to go to part two of this process. Does that make sense? So the first question you're going to ask yourself is, did I do my job as a coach? If you lapsed on your integrity and you did not do your part as a coach, if you missed coaching calls or you missed check-ins or you missed program adjustments, they deserve a refund. But if you did your job properly and you did your part and now you're going to move on to step two all right so step number two is did they do their job as a client ask the second question you're going to ask yourself is did they do their job as a client like did they check in did they follow their workout program right did they follow their meal plan were they attending coaching calls see if they did their job and you also did your job and they still didn't get the results then a refund might still be on the table because if they followed the workout program to the best of their ability and they ate their foods 10 out of 10 and they fucking did their meal plan and you were checking in with them and they didn't lose weight. Well, that means that your coaching methods didn't work. And so they might deserve a refund, right? Now, again, this is only like 10% of the time. Most likely what will happen is if you did your job, most often what will happen is you did your job and they didn't do their job, right? Which is most often the case. Most often like online trainers will be, you know, designing workout programs and meal plans for their clients. And then their clients just like go on vacation and then they fuck off and then they come back and they don't get on their meal plan. They don't get on their on their workout program. And then we're trying to chase them to make sure that they're checking in and doing the workout programs, but they're not doing the workout program. That's most often the case, right? And so if you've done your job as a coach, but they haven't done their job as a client, I would not give a refund, period. If you did your job as a coach and you were doing their meal plans or training plans or check-ins, et cetera, and they did not do their job as a client, they weren't following the program, they weren't following the, you know, the meal plan, the training plan, they weren't checking in, I would not give a refund, period. I wouldn't. And I'd move to part three, okay? So first question you need to ask yourself, did you do your job? Yes, I did my job. You know, I checked in with them. I did their meal plans. The second question you need to ask yourself is, did they do their job? No, they didn't do their job. They weren't following their meal plan. They weren't following their check-in. Okay, now we're going to move on to part three. Now, part three is politely draw boundaries. And I'm going to give you some ways to politely draw boundaries. So part number three is you're going to politely say no. That's basically part number three. And here's how you're going to do it with a few different ways. Okay, so you're going to say, nope, I'm not fucking, I'm making a stand. I'm not fucking offering a refund. That's it. I'm done. I'm not offering a refund. I'm making a stand. That's it. No matter what, no refund. So you decide that in your head. I'm not fucking offering a refund. If you're in the 10K Coaching Academy and you need help with this, you can post in the community and I will give you feedback. Here's what you need to do. So the first way that you politely draw a boundary is you need to collect evidence. You guys should write this down. Collect evidence of work completed by you. That's the first way to politely draw a boundary. So you're just going to collect the evidence. And so what I do is I go into the trainerize and I'll screenshot the programs that I designed. I'll screenshot the messages that I sent them to ch- like follow up with them. 
them to see like if they're going to do their check-in. I'll screenshot the, the meal plans that I designed for them. I'll screenshot the emails that I sent to them. I will screenshot evidence of work completed by me. That's the first part. Boom. The second part that I will do is I will collect evidence of work not completed by them. As an example, if you have a Facebook community, they're not engaging in it. Go into your Facebook community, type their name in the search bar. And if there's zero posts, screenshot that. Be like, part of your agreement is to engage in the group. And I didn't see you once. If you if they haven't done their uh, meal plans, then go into their, or they haven't done their training programs, go into their training calendar, screenshot an empty, not used training calendar and be like, you didn't do any of your workouts. And then if they're not doing their check-ins, go into their check-ins and screenshot the fact that they haven't submitted any check-ins, right? So you're going to collect evidence of work completed by you, collect evidence of work not completed by them. Then you're going to refer to their initial agreement. And if necessary, you're going to remind them that they still have an outstanding payment. So here's what I mean by that. So somebody asks for a refund. They're like, hey, uh, Tyler, you know, I'm looking for a refund on my program. You know, like, you know, I didn't really use it. I didn't really get the results that I wanted, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So you did your job, but they didn't do their job. And so now you need to pull out the job boundaries. What I would say is like something like, hey, uh, Matt, thanks so much for getting, sending this media's message. I appreciate you. Now, after doing some digging, I found that like you haven't checked in for any of the workouts that I've designed for you in your program. I designed you a training, nutrition, and accountability plan for the last 12 weeks. And you haven't checked in for your workouts. You also haven't done your meal plans. I followed up with you multiple times regarding your check-ins. Now, based on all this information, there are no refunds on any purchases. In the initial agreement that you signed, it does state that there are no refunds. And also like, and let's, so like, let's say if it's a, if all of their payments are done and they're asking for a refund, I'd be like, that decision is final. There are no refunds on any purchases, period. And that would be the end of the conversation. Now I'm going to keep going with this, but you guys have to understand that when you make a stand, some people are going to be all pissy. But if you have a lot of evidence of work completed by you and you have a lot of evidence of work not completed by them and you have an initial agreement signed, there's not really a lot of shit that they can say. And if necessary, you can remind them that they still owe you money. So let's say, as an example, there are a, they signed a 12-week commitment and they're on week eight, okay? They saw a signed a 12-week commitment and they're on week eight. So they actually have another month remaining in the installment. And so what I would say is I'd say something along the lines of like, so there are no refunds of any on any purchases. However, you did sign up for 12 weeks of coaching with me. We've gone through eight weeks and you're still responsible for another $300 payment. There are no refunds on any purchases. However, if you're unhappy with the service, I will not hold you accountable for the remaining $300 payment that is due in the next 12 days. That makes sense? So if they're on a monthly installment plan and they sign a 12-week commitment and they're on week eight, you can remind them that they still have another their payment that's due that they owe you. So be like, there are no refunds on any purchases. However, you did sign up for 12 weeks of coaching with me and we've gone through eight weeks. You are still responsible for another $300 payment. There are no refunds. However, if you're unhappy with the service, I will not hold you accountable for the remaining $300 payment that is due in the next 12 days. Make sense? So politely drawing boundaries and the way that you do that is collecting evidence of work completed by you, collecting evidence of work not completed by them and referring to their initial agreement. And if necessary, if they're done a monthly installment, then and reminding them that they still owe you money. But understand, you guys, that you may deal with some negative feedback. And here's how to prevent that negative feedback from happening. Guys, as soon the second a client asks me for a refund, I mute them in my Facebook group. As, as soon as they ask, boom. As soon as somebody says refund, I'm they're muted in my Facebook group. This way, they can't publicly blast you if they don't like what you have to say in the DMs. This has happened to me, by the way. Somebody tried to public, and this has happened to me in the Tanky Coaching Academy. One of my clients came into the program, like made like 5K, asked for a refund because blah, 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 whatever. And I said no. And then 
then they tried to publicly blaspheme my group and my fucking clients literally roasted them. And they were like, Brian, Cole, Brady, Jeff, Cole, they're so fucking supportive. You like, you're in the wrong place, blah, blah, blah. It was hilarious, but they've tried. And so as soon as somebody even like says the word refund, go into your Facebook group, mute them. I wouldn't remove them because removing them might cause more problems than not removing them, but I would mute them so they can't say anything until you turn it back on. So like, that's how to prevent negative feedback from happening. Cause the last thing that you'd want is a client to be unhappy with what you said in the DMs and then to screenshot it and post it in your client only group and cause fucking annoying feedback in your client only group. And if you have a good client only group, it won't matter anyways, because your clients will be loyal as fuck. Like the 10K Academy is super loyal. However, it is still like, it is still good to have. All right. So that'll be the first thing. Okay. Is the first thing would be muting them in your Facebook group. The second thing is that if you're worried that that client might comment some rude shit on some of your Instagram posts, then you can actually restrict their account. And so again, somebody fucking asks for a refund and I'm like, I know the conversation. I know they're probably not going to like, I know they're probably not going to like the conversation because I'm just going to say no. And so I mute them in my Facebook group and then I restrict them from my Instagram so that when they comment on my shit, nobody can see it. Again, I don't block them because oftentimes you can settle, like we can come to like a common understanding and they, they'll realize that they've actually signed an agreement and that there are no refunds. However, I don't want those situations to happen and I don't want them to happen to you guys because I've already dealt with them. So I'll just prevent them from happening in the first place. And the second somebody says refund, they're muted in my group and they're restricted on my Instagram. Make sense? Okay, guys. So in summary, nobody fucking likes refunds. They're lame. Nobody likes refunds. They're lame. I'm going to talk a little bit for a second about, actually, no, we're, we're not going to go there. If you're, so nobody likes refunds, they're lame. So some a ways to prevent refunds is to prevent them from happening with a strong signed agreement. All right. Now, what you need to do is you need to do a three-part assessment. Number one is somebody asked for a refund. You need to just ask yourself the question, did I do my job properly? Did I do my job as a coach? Like, was I fucking checking in on time? Did I do their meal plan? Did I do their training plan? Like, was I doing my part as a coach? If you did your job properly, then move to part two. If you did not do your job properly, you were late on their check-ins, you forgot their meal plans, whatever it was, dude, give them a refund. Like, you fucked up. Give them a refund. But oftentimes, you did your job. Then we're going to move to part two. Part two is did they do their job? Like, did they check in? Did they do their meal plans? Did they do their training plans? Were they accountable? Guys, I'm going to be completely honest. I have actually given refunds before because I did my job and they did their job and they didn't get the result. Like when I was an online fitness coach, there was one client that like I was like his body just wasn't responding the way that I wanted it to. And he was like nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 on all of his meal plans, did all of his workouts and he did it for 12 weeks and he didn't get the result. And he's like, I want a refund. I was like, honestly, you deserve it. Like you did the shit I told you to do and you didn't get the result. And so I gave him his money back. He was super grateful. We were, we still have a positive relationship. His body just didn't respond properly. I sent him to a dietitian and he got the results that he needed. So, but oftentimes you did your job properly and they did not do their job properly. And so in this case, you want to go to part three and you're going to politely draw boundaries. Now, some ways to politely draw boundaries is number one, collect evidence of work completed by you, right? So you need to make sure you're fucking like show like this is me following up with you. This is me designing your workout program. This is me making sure that you are checking in. This is me following up with you when you missed your check-in. This is me asking you where your check-in was. Like I did my part and I value my time and energy. So I spent time and energy making sure that you were following the program. And I value that a lot. Number two is collect evidence of work not completed by them. As you can see, there are six missed workouts in these two weeks, this two week time period. There's also four weeks that you didn't check in here. And I didn't hear from you here for four weeks. And so in the initial agreement states that your job is to follow the workout program. My job is to design the workout program and making sure that you're following it. I've done my job and you didn't do your part. Now there are no refunds on any purchases and that decision is final. And also guys, if they're on like a monthly agreement, I would say something along the lines of you did sign up for 12 weeks of coaching with me and we've gone through eight weeks and you're still responsible for another $300 payment. Now there are no refunds on any purchases. However, if you want unhappy with the service, I will not hold
hold you accountable for the remaining $300 payment that is due in 12 days. So you're basically releasing them from their agreement, but saying that there's no way that you're going to offer a refund. Now, understand you guys that you may deal with some negative feedback. So ways to prevent that from happening is number one, the second somebody breathes the word refund in your DMs or to you, mute them in your public Facebook group. This way they can't publicly blast you if you don't, if they don't like what you have to say in the DMs. And number two, if you're worried about them commenting some rude shit on your Instagram post, restrict their account. Don't block them. Restrict them basically means that when they comment stuff on your post, people can't see it. All right. Was this helpful? Did this give you guys some insight? Did this help you guys out? Cool. Let me know, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Change Lives Make Money Online Training Podcast, the number one show for online fitness coaches who are trying to go a successful online business. I'm just trying to give you guys my insights, lessons, knowledge, and experience so that you guys don't have to make the same mistakes that I did. All right. Have the best day of your entire life. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys soon. 